You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. More than what? More than ink, More than said. ink. What does that mean? Well, I don't know what that means. It's kind of odd. And who are these people anyway? And are they going to explain themselves? Uh, I hope so. And, you know, I've never heard them on the radio before. Well, let's find out. Okay, here we go. Hey, welcome. This is More Than Ink, and that's a new show, and we're glad that you're with us this morning. We're actually sitting around our dining room table uh, in reality, so in a way, we're asking you to pull up your chair and sit with us, and we'll just have a, a really relaxed discussion, and our discussion is going to be about the Bible. Uh, some sections of the Bible we're going to talk about, but also just in general how you study the Bible. That's that's what we're really, really interested in. So from a pair of non-experts to you, we want to bring you into the whole world of studying the Bible. Now, the Bible was... Um, uh, was pivotal in both of our conversions. It was a big deal both before and after we came to the Lord. So we thought a good way to start this would be to uh, to showcase for you just exactly the role that, that God used the Word for in our lives when we first came to Him and then, and then thereafter. And maybe this has been your experience or maybe will be your experience because you're just curious about what's going on. So... Um, so I'm Jim and I'm Dorothy. Well, tell us your story. Okay. Well, before I do that, let me just say to our listeners that we have been studying and reading this book for 50 years, each of us individually, and we've been married for 44 of those 50 years. And so a lot of our understanding and the way we approach the word has developed in partnership with one another as we have as very young believers wrestled for understanding. And then as we grew in maturity and as we grew into a marriage, uh, became a, a pattern of uh, discussing with one another, hey, this is what I'm studying. Hey, what do you understand about this? Hey, let's open this and look at it together. We don't do it all the time. We don't do it every day. But since we both are constantly studying and teaching, it's very natural for it to be a regular part of our conversation. Right, exactly. So, uh, but I am one of those people that has a particular Bible verse that spoke to me that literally leaped off the page and became reality when I came to Christ. I was 15 and I was kind of lost in the world. I didn't know who I was. I couldn't make sense of the circumstances of the world in 1970. And uh, I was raised in a Bible-believing home, but I had never appropriated the gospel for myself. And uh, a friend at school, actually, one day, we were sitting on the grass, presented to me uh, Revelation 3.20, which says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. And I suddenly realized that that all I had to do was open the door. I mean, that verse became a very personal invitation to me to enter a living, breathing relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So it, it became an invitation, a very personal invitation to me to enter a relationship. All I had to do was open the door. I didn't even have to put food on the table. He said, I'll come in and eat with you. I'll come in and dine with you and you with me. But he would bring the dinner. It would be his word, right? Jesus said, uh, anyone, I, I am the word and anyone who feeds on me, or I'm the bread of life. Anyone who feeds on me will never be hungry. And so uh, from that day, I began a process of of reading and later on more intensely studying the word. Yeah, and it's just continued to this day. Well, and I started attending a Bible study right away. I actually, it was that very night that I first attended a Bible study. Oh, really? It was in the Gospel of Mark. And Mark is full of action. Uh, it's it's almost breathless. And there was a, there's a miracle here. And then this happened. And then boom, Jesus boom, went boom. here. And this happened. Yeah. And, and it, it has this stop. wonderful, very active mm-hmm. uh storytelling on the part of Mark's gospel. So uh, that was kind of my beginning and that just drew me in. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a very clear picture of who Jesus is and really fast in Mark. And well, you know, we'll talk a little later about the gospels and where you start reading and stuff like that. Mark's just a great place to start. It's, it's just awesome. I had a similar experience and interestingly enough, the same year, 1970. Mm-hmm. So um, ask us sometime, but there's, there was a lot of stuff going on in 1970 in a spiritual well, sense. and that was before we knew each other, actually. Right. We both had come right. to Christ shortly before we met each other. Yeah, yeah. So things were going on. But yeah, I came to the Lord and um, uh, and I, I was instantly drawn to wanting to understand who this Jesus is. And I was also pointed toward the, the Gospels and I started reading the Gospels. I used a, a paraphrase of the Bible um, called the Living Bible. And we'll talk about that too, what that's all about and what's a paraphrase and why should I use it and all that kind of stuff. But but a paraphrase as a bottom line allows you to really just move fast. <laughs> it, it doesn't have a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the problems that you might anticipate in trying to read King James English because it's got a lot of archaic words and stuff. So, but this paraphrase, man, I could just jump in and I could, I could cruise through Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and go through all of them just in short order. And in that process of, of, of shooting through the gospels really fast, I got this incredible view of who this Jesus is. And the more I read about him, the more curious I became and the more I fell in love with him. And, uh, and that just whetted my appetite to continue doing that very thing. And as well, I took note at the time of all those places where Jesus said, basically, I'm going away and I'm coming back. And, uh, well, I, I know he's gone away. So now I'm thinking, well, he's coming back. So to a young believer like me, I was really, I, I was really just enamored with the whole idea that Jesus was going to return. And that was about the same time that uh, Hal Lindsey came out with his famous book, The Late Great Planet Earth. <laughs> Which we remember well. And boy, I'll tell you, it was earth shaking because suddenly he was one of the first people to make a case for the fact that what you're seeing in geopolitical news of the day looks like it mm-hmm. could actually fit what Revelation is and all the circumstances around the second coming. So I was, I was really, man, I was really interested in that and I was pretty convinced there in the middle of my high school years that uh, Jesus was going to come back really fast. We all were convinced of that. That yeah. was kind of the era we lived in. Yeah. So it, it made reading the word even that much more electric in that sense too. So, but that just started me on a long course again, like you were saying, 50 years of continuing to read. And I still read these same four gospels and am surprised. <laughs> and now how is that possible? And that's, that's why we're getting back to the title of this show. That's more than ink is that the, these aren't just dead words on a page. There's, there's something going on here that that you know that's not apparent you know the, the bible itself says that it's exceptional in that sense as well but 
But in our experience, I mean, this has really, really been the case. It, you would think if you read, say, like a fictional novel um, for 50 years, you know, you're going <laughs> you to r- run out of gas yeah. on it. It's like I'm not being surprised anymore. But I'm still being surprised by what's in the Bible while I read the same passages. And that's what that's just a clue to the fact that there's something more going on than, than meets the eye. But the word itself, uh, Paul even tells us, that there's there's more than meets the eye right here. I mean, when he wrote Timothy in what we call the the pastoral letters, where he's teaching Timothy how to be a pastor in that sense, he says he says, look in Second Timothy three sixteen, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's breathed out by God, like God's dictating it, and it's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And we we could go into the depth about what all those things mean, but the, the most striking thing about it is that Paul, as he references the Old Testament, says all Scripture is breathed out by God. And so it has a special connection to our Creator Himself. And it's not just a fictional novel. These are these are the words of God Himself to us. And there's other places that okay. say it. And the writer of Hebrews says that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Yeah. Well, that certainly becomes a reality the more you fix your attention on the word uh, it becomes very clear that it can pierce you can penetrate yeah. clear to the depth of our and, and when you least expect uh, it yeah our motivations <laughs> our exposes our sin yeah, um, exactly sometimes voices words better than we would voice them ourselves yep yeah, and you know, none of us, at least no one I know, goes saying, I'm going to read the Bible today so I can be convicted about something. No, like anybody does you don't that. do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I like to call these sort of spiritual ambushes of a sort <laughs> as, you're, as you're exploring through and you're strolling through the Bible and then, and then God puts these words in front of your face and suddenly it does exactly what Hebrews 4 says it does. It, it suddenly pierces you in places you didn't even realize you needed to be pierced. And so those surprises and the, that, that extreme relevance very very relevant but surprisingly relevant in ways we we can't even anticipate you know and and i i thought back to the fact that when when jesus himself talked about his own words um he, he was talking about the fact that his words themselves say a lot about what kind of follower you are um he said in john 8 31 jesus said to the jews who believed him he says you know if you abide in my word you're truly my disciples that is you know if you live in my word you're my disciples. And, and I can uh, I can resonate with that because as soon as I became his disciple, I lived in his word. I mean, that's just, and we see that as a telltale sign of people when they come to Christ mm-hmm. today is they suddenly say, I just want to, I want to know what Jesus said. I want to know everything about what's written there. I just, I want, you know, in fact, a lot of our friends have said, when I came to the Lord, I decided I wasn't going to trust what men told me anymore. So I got myself a Bible, a red letter Bible, so that what I read on the page was just the words of Jesus and nothing else. And, uh, you know, I said, well, good for you. That's exactly right. But that hunger is a real thing. It's a real thing. And they just wanted to abide in his word. Well, and, you know, Jesus said, my words, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and our life. 
Uh, and, and later on in that same passage in John 6, when he asks the disciples, well, do you want to go away too? Because he had just said, I'm the bread of life oh, and yeah. you have to eat me freaked him in out. order to live. Well, you know, that was some of them were like, well, that's what? too weird for me. We're out of here. But he turned to the disciples and said, you know, well, do you want to go away too? Go? Yeah. And Peter said, well, Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of life. Exactly. And so uh, these words that, yes, are ink on the page, but they are so much more than that, are literally words of life. And we can feed on them, feed our minds. The yeah. appeal of the New Testament is to the mind. Come and think, come and reason. And actually, Isaiah 1 says that. Come, let's reason, reason together. together. Yeah. Let's apply our minds to this. We don't just approach it superstitiously like we open a page and point to something and say, oh, there's God's word there for is. me today. Magic verse. Uh, right. Magic yeah, verse. Right. Um, but there is a way in which we can learn to apply our minds with careful thinking. And, you know, before you, your eyes roll up in your head and you think, okay, I don't want to do this. I'm not interested in this kind of study. Um, really, it, we're just going to talk at the beginning about how do we read God's word? Um, do we read with intention to understand that God has something to say to us? Yeah. And that's a good expectation. I mean, that was my mm -hmm. expectation when I came to the Lord. I started reading. I said, I, I've, there's something here for me and I've got to find what it is. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that expectation. I don't know how that expectation is built because most people would say, well, I just converted to a religion and now I'm going to read this gigantically old document. Well, and how many people <laughs> do you know who said, oh, well, I'm going to read the Bible? Right. right. And they right. start at Genesis and then they wipe out. They, may, they might even that. get into Exodus, yeah. but man, then they get to Leviticus yeah. and there it's just done. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which raises a good segue. That raises an interesting <laughs> issue because a, a large measure of what we want to do in this program is talk about how you study the Bible and how you get into it. And, um, and uh, that can be that can be a grotesquely dry subject. It can be a very academic subject. But I want you to know that we're not going to go academic and dry. We're just going to tell you, you know, what has worked for us. And they're actually tried and true principles. These are we're not making a lot of this stuff up. But um, but but to paint the picture that you yourself can actually read the Bible and you can interpret what's there and you can have the rational expectation. God, you know, help me to understand what this is. He'll allow you to understand what this is. You know, Psalm 30, 32, he says, I don't, I don't want you to be like a dumb animal that only goes left and right. When you pull the reins, I want you to understand. So understanding and using our minds is a gigantic part of what this is all about. Well, and Jesus said in John 14, 15, 16, he was telling the disciples all the things they could expect when the Holy Spirit comes. Yeah, right. He said, the right. Spirit is going to give you understanding. understanding. He's going to give you remembrance. He's going to give you insight. He's going to disclose to you the things of mine, the things are, that are of me. And so the, the Holy Spirit is very active in this process. But, yeah. You know, and that's what saves us from just being ink on a page. Uh, well, and you said something about it not being academic a minute ago. Well, that that's because we are not academics. Neither one of us We're has not. a seminary degree. Uh, I went to Bible college for one year and then we decided to get married. So I came home and got a job. <laughs> yeah. So between us, that's our Bible training is what you do. <laughs> but over the years, we have developed our understanding of who God is. Well, God has developed this understanding in us through our diligent Diligent application, diligent seeking him out through his written word. 
And so uh, that's why it's our conviction that you can learn to do that too by medium in the in the written word that then becomes more than just ink on the page it it becomes relevant reality it's very very accessible very accessible and uh, a bible teacher i I heard for some years used to always um call the bible um god's love letter to us Mm. because god's not just trying to educate us he's trying to get us to understand what he's like and and to foster a relationship with him that's a knowledgeable it's it's in knowledge uh, in fact, a passage we go to a lot in Jeremiah 31, and it looks way forward in time to the end of things where, where um, our relationship with God is, is, um, is matured and it's full and stuff like that. And it says right in there, it says people are not going to be going around saying, know the Lord, mm-hmm. because they'll all, all know, know the me. Lord, yeah. right? Both the great and the small, not just the privileged academics or the rich. I mean, they'll all know me. So this is the point of this Bible. God, through his love, is, is communicating to us what he's like. And at face value, it seems like a complex way to do it, <laughs> but it's really not. It's it's a remarkable intertwining of real human experience with a real God who interacts with real people. And so so it's accessible to you and I because we're real people. Okay. And a real God who interacts with real people makes me think of the beginning of the Gospel of John where it says that, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt among us. And we, can't, we couldn't see him otherwise, but right. he came to fully explain God to us. So uh, when we are approaching the written Bible, we also have to remember that God has expressed himself already in the person of Jesus, his communication to humankind. He already took on by becoming flesh and speaking to us in the person of Jesus. And so um, that's why we say start with a gospel. Yeah. Start with the words yeah. of Jesus, who was himself the, the word in the flesh. Yeah, he's the word. He told his apostles, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Whoa, what? Yeah. So (laughs) So, at any time, we're always saying, well, you know, where does anything we read in the New Testament or even the Old Testament, did Jesus say anything about that? And and very often you can draw a direct line from something Jesus said into what we now have written in the uh, in the pages of this big fat book. Yeah, very self-consistent. But it takes a little experience to figure out how to tie those together. So that that also segues us a little bit into uh, uh, you're probably wondering, you know, is this is this for me? <laughs> Should I come back next time? I mean, are they aiming at someone yeah, who, who are we talking to who is an expert in the Bible or I mean, exactly who are we talking about here? So let's clarify that before we go too much further is, you know, who who is this program for? Who's pulling up a chair with their coffee mug and will they want to come back here? I mean, who we who are we aiming at? And um, it can be, I mean, from a starting level, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe maybe you're just intrigued by all this. Maybe you're trying to figure out what this is all about. And uh, and you'd like to, in a very honest way, just find out who this Jesus is. And, and you, I mean, how do you do this? How do you start the whole process? I know it's somewhere in the Bible, but how do I do that? So, so if you don't even know how to start at all, um, this, this will be good for you because we're going to start at beginner level cover others as well well and and also for baby believers people who have come to believe that jesus is who he says he is and yet uh haven't yet gotten 
past that very basic beginning. He said, you know, if you abide in my word, then you'll be truly my disciple. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, you know, that learning to abide in the word, to feed on it daily or consistently uh, for baby believers and even for those of us who've been in the Lord a very long time, we still need to eat daily of the word yeah, God. So, so what do you think about people who consider themselves well-read in the Bible? I mean, is there anything here for them? Oh, absolutely. Because uh, one of the one of the things that people who've been in the Lord a long time do is talk to one another about, about what <laughs> he wrote. Say, you know, I'm not sure. Do what, What's your take on this passage? And right. do I understand that correctly? And, and let's wrestle together to get an understanding of that. And so even people who are very mature in the Lord and who have done a lot of study can benefit from talking about these things together. Well, and they just enjoy it too. I mean, oh, well, we do, you know, like I say, you know, you read the same things for so long, for 50 years, and there's just no way you going to find something new, but you do find something new. And so it's just a delight to go to someone and say, Hey, have you ever noticed this before? And you go, no, maybe one of these times in a future show, we'll talk about that, that experience I had in John two, which just blew me away. I've been reading John for, I don't know how long. And I got to John two, you know, the way they turned the water into wine, wine, simple story, right? Well, that's what you think. (laughs) So, I mean, these kinds of, these kinds of discoveries are exactly what happens when you call yourself a Bible explorer. You're exploring your way through it and you find stuff out. Even if you've been reading it for 50 years, new stuff still comes out. Okay. And sometimes you've been reading it for 50 years and it's so familiar that you don't even see what's on the page. Right. So we're talking also to people who are hungry for a new understanding, perhaps of relevance of how do I approach this thing that's so very familiar to me and, and find a freshness in it. Uh, Yeah. Is there something really here for me, me. something that's uniquely Mm -hmm. relevant for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we, and we do find that that happens to us all the time. And so, uh, so, you know, our expectation is God will meet you there as we look in his word. And that's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to reveal himself to you. So even for those of you who may have been reading the Bible for years that, that we call lovers of the word, this is, uh, this is the right place for you because we are also going to relate to you in these weeks that come up, how, um, we as lovers of the word have been smitten by different things that we read and, um, and we just delight to share in them. And you would think that, well, I won't. I was going to say you might think that we got it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. <laughs> Not by a long and, and shot. That's one of the great. That's one of the great <laughs> intrigues about reading the Bible is you just never really have it figured out. And God has an endless list of things He wants to communicate to you through many times the same passages of Scripture. Now, mm-hmm. how does that happen? That's mm-hmm. just kind of crazy. But that's a, that's been our experience. So, if you're a lover of the Word, this is a place for you. Well, as we sort of as we sort of roll toward the end here, we wanted to give you a preview too about what the contents of what we're going to be doing is how how we're going to reach that broad of an audience. So, um, uh, so let's just cover that for you and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, And now, like I mentioned before, we, we will, we will actually reference back to our current present studies that we're both doing anyway, and give you a little bit of a behind the scenes view on how it has personally impacted us, the stuff that we're, that we're reading right now. And in a way it'll also model for you how it is that you draw these kinds of relevant 
applications out in your life and how God surprises you. So we'll give you a view into that in both of our lives as we study different well, things. And to let you know what we do, because you don't know us, Jim right. teaches the scriptures every Sunday at our church. He's our teaching pastor. Right. And I teach our women's Bible studies. So, you know, I every week or twice a week, actually, and perhaps three times a week this fall, uh, sit around a table with women and open the word of God and, and, uh, and we just go at it and dig for yeah, understanding man. and application yeah. and uh, women of all, all levels of maturity, all, uh, really all faith backgrounds and many different yeah, denominations. True. And so, uh, it's a very fruitful discussion, a discussion based Bible study. So I'm doing that all the time. Right. And, right. Uh, and I also lead worship. So I am constantly thinking about how to draw people in uh, mm-hmm. with the word through with, with the word through right. our singing through um through reading through just hearing the scriptures read yeah yeah so we're both doing that all the time yeah and so we'll give you a little sneak preview you know a behind the scenes view of of <laughs> how those things that we're engaged in already is just personally impacting us and then another area which which we'll spend a a fair amount of time in every show is just talking about different bible study tips i mean how, how do i do this you know we already talked about where do i start if i'm going to be reading the bible but there's just there's just a whole spectrum of tips about what to do and how to interpret and i mean things as simple as the fact that we read we read for you second timothy 3 where he says that all scripture is inspired it's breathed out by god well if that's the case and we're talking about everything from genesis to revelation right well then you know when you draw a conclusion from what you're reading you can actually use the other part of the bible to test the part you're reading right now because it's coming from one author and that's god himself so you can use the bible to interpret the bible and we can give you insights into how we are currently doing that in the things that we're teaching so um that's what we hope to do anyway that's our plan and we'll see where the lord takes us in the coming weeks yep and we can talk about other mechanical things about how to interpret passages and stuff like that and the value of which kind of versions of the bible to read we get to ask that an awful lot and what's the best that's not the right question to ask (laughs) and i don't even really like using the term tips for Bible study because what we hope to do is give you a basic vocabulary as to how to begin to approach this word if you are stale at it or not practiced at it or have never even tried it but think you might be hungry for it. Um, I don't want to give you a list of 10 trivial tips. What we want to give you is some basic equipment for how you can begin to digest this amazing food. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit of an orientation, a little bit of tips. I'll still use that. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that just listen to, to preachers on the air and say they're the experts, and I'm not. Well, you don't need to be an expert, and that's what we're going to try and hit on as we we're certainly talk not. about. We're not experts, no. But but there are some there are some common sense things you can use, and you can you can actually feed yourself with the word, and uh, and it works just fine. So. Well, look, it looks like our time is up and my coffee cup is getting empty. So uh, we hope you join us next week and, uh, and we'll talk more about the wonders of studying God's word and what God has in store for you. Your expectations can be high. You can ask God to speak to you and he will meet you in these pages. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we hope you join us next week. Bye. Bye. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org.